comic book pit. Okay. So this is Comic Book Pit, episode 301. I'm Dan. I'm Link. I'm Kate. And we are back. This is the first episode of, yeah, first episode of 2019. Yep. And it uh, yeah. feels good to be back. That's great. Yeah. we uh doing things a little different today. We're, we're not in the studio. We're not in the, uh, the famous Sorgatron Media studio. We are doing this one. Skype, uh, Skype style, because uh, you know winter weather and such, and yep, the, the no ice apocalypse, I guess. Yes, <laughs> which which at first was a rain apocalypse, and then then overnight turned into the snow and ice, and then yeah. and then like so I was like outside shoveling and you know salting, and and I went out for more salt, and then I came back and it was like. Blue skies and sun. Yeah, it yep. looked really nice. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <was> like, wow. <laughs> like, and then things were melting. I'm like, son of a, you know. But yeah. anyway, but we didn't, you know, as much as we uh, love doing this, I, you know, I didn't think we should, you know, have everyone risk life and limb to get to the studio. So, yeah, it's okay. We can, you know, it's not, it's not a problem to do it this way once in a while. Um we just, you know, unfortunately, we don't get the uh, the Facebook uh, live yeah, stream, live but stream. yeah, but that's all right. It's a, it's a throwback. You did the big anniversary issue. Now we're just <laughs> that's right. It's what it was like in the dark ages. That's right. That's right. This is like this is what it was like in the beginning. Just the just the audio, <laughs> like a like a filthy animal. Yeah. This looks like a 2009 versus 2019. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good call, Kate. Yes. This is yeah. This is the the 10 year challenge. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, so we're um. Yeah, I think we got a lot of a lot of comics to talk about. Um. And I think one of the uh. Well, a comic that I think we all read, and uh, I feel like a majority of comic book reading people read was um Brian Michael Bendis's uh, uh Young Justice yeah uh relaunch reboot re I mean it's re something yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of questions going into this but they uh they managed to answer none of them in this first issue <laughs> no yeah I mean, uh, it, I mean it's very much not in a, a bad way yeah it, it's a typical uh, first issue of a Bendis team book. I've just come to expect this. Yes. From it, It's always, all right, there's a thing that happens. I'm going to spend two or three pages on each character and get to know them and set it up, and you'll find out the details in the next issue. Right. It was, um, 
yeah, when I was I was reading it, I was I kind of had um, flashbacks to New Avengers number one. Yep. Where it was just like you said, big uh, disaster. Heroes get together uh, from you know from all over the city, get together, mm-hmm. uh, and then team up, and then eventually become a team. Um, this was a team that was a team. Uh, before I don't know if you if you guys read like the uh, I think it was Peter David that no wrote I've, it I've never read the original back in the day I know it's a big deal yeah it was really good I it was one of those books that I did not jump on right away um, uh, despite being a big fan of Peter David I guess I just really wasn't interested in a what I you know considered like a sidekick book mm-hmm. but I kept hearing all these great things about it so uh, I'm like well I'll, I'll go back and I'll pick up the first couple issues and yeah immediately I was like running around trying to get all the back issues trying to catch <laughs> up I mean it was just so good mm-hmm. and uh I probably read it for a couple of years and um you know just eventually, eventually dropped off I don't remember why but um but no but uh Bendis is bringing it back with some yeah. uh some old faces and some new faces and uh like I said, a lot of a lot of questions um, and uh, very few answers in this first issue. Actually, probably no answers. But like, yeah, no. There's a. Well, I know I, I I'm sort of out of the loop for some DC Batman stuff, but I know. I mean, Tim Drake's there, but I know that he's not there in regular Batman comic stuff right now. Something went on, was going on. Yeah, I'm. So, so, so the only so I'm I'm only reading Batman. I'm not reading Detective, yeah. which I, I think a bulk of the like extended Bat Family stories take place. Um, yeah, I do know that for a while he was going by Red Robin. Yeah, well, yeah, he was Red which Robin. Which is stupid. Yes, it was. I mean, you couldn't help but think of the restaurant. But yeah. uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. um. <laughs> he uh, he was Red Robin when the the new Fifty Two launched and. Uh, he, he was doing whatever, and then um, he's had a lot of weird adventures. Uh, he he was part of the the Future's End event. Oh my god, Watched I forgot him. all about that. Yeah, that was a weird <laughs> event that nobody it like didn't count for anything, except it launched Tim Drake in that version of that book into the Batman Beyond future, and he was Batman Beyond for a while. Oh, was he? Yeah, I had and, no and idea. The, maybe not the most recent Batman Beyond volume, but like the previous volume was just Tim Drake huh. as Batman in the Batman Beyond universe. Okay, like time displaced. Um, and then I know during Detective Comics he was quote unquote dead, but not like he got kidnapped by some people. Yes, and everybody thought he was dead. I and did. Then, I did read that. I think I read like maybe the first half dozen issues of the Detective Rebirth because it was actually really good. Yeah. But it just got to the point, like you know, just too much to read. Yeah. No, so. there's pl- yeah, well, that's why I'm not caught up. <laughs> there's too much Batman stuff to read. And they were coming out like by like everything's coming out bi-weekly. Yeah, they they were really cranking out issues. Yeah, that's why in like in the past what two since Rebirth's only been out for like. Only started two years ago, but yeah, everything's in like four, issue it, it, forty or, or something. Or it's like six. Uh, no, they're in like in the sixties. Some are, yeah. Yeah, like Batman, like Batman's and and Wonder Woman are in the early sixties. Yeah, they really uh, 
pump those numbers up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm 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 really excited that Tim Drake is back as just Robin. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm down for that. Like I, I'm sorry, but fuck Damien. Yeah. He's yeah. he's the worst. Yeah. He was he. I really only liked him when Grant Morrison was writing him and when, when Dick was Batman in the yeah, Batman and Robin mm-hmm. series. Like that was pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. He's uh. I haven't seen Damien in anything in ages, just because he's in, like, su- the Super Sons book, I guess, and that's kind of... Oh, okay, I do remember that. That was it, I guess. Yeah, that's fine with me. I don't care if I never see that yeah. character again. <laughs> um, I thought he was supposed to be in... There was going to be a, like, either... I don't know if they were calling it Titans or Teen Titans. Oh, you, I remember book, that now. And I think he was, like, actually leading the team. That might have happened for, like, a year or something. Like, I don't think it had a, a long run, because okay. I think New 52 happened. Or not New 52, but Rebirth happened. And then they kind of just scratched that idea. Okay. I might be wrong. Because, like I said, I wasn't really following any of that stuff. But Well, either way, I mean, yeah. it, it's Tim Drake as Robin, which is, that's awesome. Yep. Um, Bart Allen is Impulse. And then uh, Cassie... What's her name? Sand, Sandsmark? She's oh. a weird last name that I've never heard before this yeah, issue. I, for, I forget. Yeah. Uh, um, Wonder Girl. Yep, Wonder Girl. And then we've got uh, new characters. Ginny uh, Hex, who is... I'm all in for that. Yeah. I did. So apparently her, this was not her first appearance. Her first appearance oh, was... Oh, really? Yeah. Her first appearance was one of those uh, Walmart... Batman issues. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I have. Oh, insider info over there. Yeah, because I've I've, I've been buying those, but the the funny thing is I haven't read any of them. I've just been buying them. (laughs) (laughs) A hundred pages, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. I I, I think I'm just waiting for like like a long weekend or a vacation or maybe like some weekend when my wife goes away and I've I've just got nothing to do but sit down with a giant stack of comics. (laughs) <laughs> and just read. Um, but they're up to issue... Okay, so so these Walmart comics, right? There's yeah. four of them, four separate issue titles. Uh, I'll, I'll let everyone at home do the math on this. So there's four separate titles coming out. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. No, Batman, Superman, Teen Titans, and Justice League of America. Yes. They're each 100 pages, and they're up to issue seven as of now. Yeah. So what is that? Uh, Twenty-eight hundred pages of comics. Something like yes, yeah. That I have to read. I don't have to read, which, but I mean, which, but like, why am I buying them if I'm not yeah, going to read them? But and don't don't forget uh, a little bit of news. But uh, there's going to be a Flash and a Swamp Thing one coming out. That's right. That's so, right. Which both both of those sound really interesting. They have good creative teams. Yeah. So I don't know if that means they're going to end two of the existing books and replace that, them. That could make sense, or yeah. Or if they're going to... Expand. Expand. <laughs> because, well, well, so here's the thing. the There are specific display, like dis, uh, display boxes or racks or whatever for these 100-page giants, mm-hmm. and there's only enough room for four. Oh, okay. So unless they add two more, I don't, yeah. I don't know, if, you know if they're going to build onto it, if they're going to expand, but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, so so Ginny Hex is so Ginny Hex is the 
great-granddaughter? Is that what they're saying? The great-granddaughter of Jonah Hex? That, that would be my guess, yeah. And, like I said, her first appearance uh, for all you key issue uh, hunters out there is uh, the Batman 100-page giant number four that you could only get at Walmart. So at this point, um, you're only going to find that on like on eBay or something. Yeah, and the, the price just went up. That's right. And you can buy mine for sixty five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, we're introduced to a character called who calls herself Teen Teen Lantern. Yep. Um, and it didn't even technically appear this issue, right? It was just her right. Concept. Correct. Yeah, she was like in a like a like a mech. Yeah. But, we, but but weirdly, we see her on the cover. Yes. Yeah, she's on the cover. And then uh, we're introduced to a former founding member on, in, in the last page. It's kind of like a, a big cliffhanger. Um, if this matters to anyone, it doesn't matter to me because I'm, I'm so far removed from what this means, like what this would happen to this character. that <laughs> it, it, Like it doesn't even matter, but I guess it's cool. But we get reintroduced to uh, Connor Kent, Superboy. Yep. Um, any idea what happened to him? Uh, I got nothing. Okay. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think I even confused which Superboy he was. I thought he was the one that punched a hole in the universe to do, like, a crisis event or whatever. Yeah, see, I don't even remember who that was supposed to be. I, I know that he, that Superboy was at one point a yellow lantern or something. (laughs) Of course he was. Yeah, there's so much stuff I was like, I don't, I have no clue. Yeah. I got no answers. But I know that he's important. Right. I know it's a big deal. It's a big deal uh, in the in the greater mythology of of the DCU. I mean, people are like losing their minds that he's back. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I guess that's a thing. And then um, I guess eventually, uh, uh the character uh, Amethyst Amethyst, a- Amethyst yeah. is going to be on the team. Um, at least I think she was on the cover, and it's her. It's her world that, uh, right, that um, invaded our, like, the yeah, yeah, invaded yeah, Earth. Yep. So I guess there's going to be a whole thing where she's going to stick around. And, um, but yeah, we we really don't have any, at least it wasn't clear to me. Maybe it was clear to you guys, like, exactly why they were invading in the first place. Yeah. Uh, the invasion yeah. just kind of happened within, like, the first, like, three pages. Well, well, the, the the idea I got is that um, rebirth happens, right? Like I know, like barely anybody talks about this in their respective comics, but when rebirth happens, everybody's got their memories back or something, right? Like that's the the gist of it. Um, like, West came back, and then everyone uh, was like, "Oh, there were other continuities." Yeah, I, I feel like maybe it didn't all happen at once. I, I feel like. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I thought. Yeah. I mean, that that was my read on the thing. I know, I know like, in, in um, Green Arrow, um, Oliver and um, Black Canary kind of knew that they had, like, some kind of connection. Oh, right. Yeah, you're like, right. It, it was here and there, and I think it was more like Batman and, and The Flash definitely knew something happened. And Wonder Woman had that, like... I have two different origin stories. I'm I'm made out of clay, but I'm also the son 
or the daughter of uh, Ares. Right. Zeus, rather. Zeus, yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of what happened. Like, Gemworld is just a different dimension. And I think when Rebirth happened, they caught wind that their universe has been rebooted multiple times because of the Earthlings. Yeah, because they, you mentioned they're like there's these things called crises that occur on Earth. Yeah, I did think that was pretty cool that they actually acknowledged the fact that that there were multiple that the, that our Earth went through multiple crises. Yeah, and that it was it was like like fucking up other other yeah. realities and other <laughs> yeah, other like, like I think more than just us. I think that's basically their beef is like. Earth's causing all these problems, and they, like, changed our world without us even knowing it. Like, let's go there, and I don't know what their goal is once they get here. I don't know if they want to just beat the shit out of everybody or if they want to, like, talk well, to Superman. Well, well, that's the thing. So they, they show up looking for Superman, who does not appear, even though they show up right and smack in the middle of Metropolis. Yeah. Um, and then they, they fight the kids for a while. And then it's almost like they they're like, Oh, so Superman's not coming? Okay, well <laughs> Okay, okay, we're we're out of here. Yeah. You know, there was no Yeah, it wasn't like again, to me the everyone's motives weren't super clear. Yeah. But again, I it's like this was not the issue for revelations. This was like the issue for just like having fun and like fighting and yeah. bringing getting the group you know getting the band back together type of thing and i was i was all about it yeah no i mean it was, it's a fun issue it's there's a lot of stuff going on in the the brief glimpses of some of the newer characters too i was like okay these guys are cool i'm interested mm-hmm. yeah i'm definitely I, at least for now, I'm definitely in to see where this is going. I mean, I, I thought the, you know, um, the art was great. Uh, Patrick Gleason. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked all the covers, that the, all the variant covers. I don't know if you got the oh, regular cover or... Um, you know what? I, I, I got the... Well, I, I, I bought the digital oh, okay. edition, which Does still that, like, had... Does that, show the mode of you in there? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like... I like that his, like, Patrick Gleason's, um, his young people actually mm-hmm. look like young people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And not just, like, little adults with bobbleheads. <laughs> like so, like some artists. Are John Romita Jr. here? Yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't specifically calling him out, but that, that's an you, example of, like, yeah. he, cannot, he, draw, he cannot draw children. He draws no. little people with big heads. Yep. And if you need an example, just, like, look at Eddie drawing a pit girl that he's done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, flip through an issue of Kick-Ass, and, yeah, you'll mm-hmm. see it a lot. Yeah. Um, but 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 he's not the only one. I think a, a lot of – there's just a lot of um, artists that, you know, uh, you know, drawing children is not their – you know, it's, it's not their, their yeah, thing. Yeah, no, sure. So – um, but no, but uh, uh, Patrick Gleason, I, I think he's probably had a lot of practice doing it because I think he's been drawing Robin for a long time because he started out back in the New 52 drawing, like, a lot of Batman, Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah. So Remember that? 
So I, you know, he's definitely got a lot of practice, and mm-hmm. it, it they look like like legitimate young people. It, it it'll just be interesting to see how it if they decide to tell us anything about like what's going on with Robin, like how he, or if it's just going to be if Bendis is just going to be like this is the way it is. Um, yeah. I'm not going to explain anything. That's it's a very just, Bendis thing to do. Yeah, it's just <laughs> he's Robin and that's it. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna explain anything. I'm not gonna tell you. Uh, who was in that closet in the episode or the issue of New Avengers? Yeah, um, yeah I, my my experience with Bendis on things like I I, I love him as a writer uh, most of the time, but sometimes like it, I, you just gotta if you if you're hung up on continuity, it's really hard to enjoy Bendis's writing sometimes because he will just brush over things and be like, eh, yeah, I think he, he doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> he'll he'll play fast and loose with it, but I think it's 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 all in the uh, in the pursuit of just making fun comics, yes, and yeah, not, not being too bogged down with drama and the the minutia and pleasing all the fanboys and mm-hmm. fangirls and um, although well, speaking of Bendis and his writing, who like he's also one of my favorite writers, um, but he does a thing. And it's just, it's one of those things that, like, I just have to give a little eye roll and grind my teeth a little bit, but then I move on. Um, but it's like he always insists that someone in one of his books says some sort of, like, uh, like Jewish word. Like oh. like when Maggie Sawyer, like, said, took us. Yeah. I'm like, not everyone has to, like, talk like that. I mean, it's not like, I, I don't know, he just does that, like, every... Yeah, that is weird. It's it's like everyone's got to be like an old Jew or something in, <laughs> in his book. Um, no, I get that. Yeah, I, I, it's odd just because it is characters who like it would make sense for like you know Kitty Pride or the Thing or whoever, but yeah. like I don't think Maggie Sawyer is Jewish. I could be wrong. Yeah, and and, and, and if she is, it might be Bendis just paying attention to like the, well, the most obscure continuity. He used to do it a lot when in um, writing um, Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, he did a lot yeah. of that. Now, granted, a lot of that was, I think, you know, because the characters were based in New York, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there was, you know, a lot of just that influence. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. But it's it's still it's it's spilled over a lot into you know like Avengers and other books that he wrote, where like every like. Someone, yeah, someone so was always like, like if, Oy vey, and yeah, took us and. What would be like if if characters just were using Pittsburghese that weren't from Pittsburgh, basically? Pixie, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely get very old very fast. <laughs> now that makes sense. Yeah, there's a. Uh, can't remember what I was gonna say, but yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, he, oh, Bendis is also notorious for. Um, it might it might not just be him, but it always happens to me. He'll do the the multi panel layout like the widespread panels where it's like each page is like eight panels of talking heads oh yeah and i'll get through the one page and i'll realize it continues on the next page and i'm reading it all out of order happens to me like every freaking time within a bendis book he he did that a lot in in powers where like you would open up it would would be like a two-page spread of like 
one big conversation. Yes. And it wasn't until you were halfway like through reading one page <laughs> that you realized that the panels went all the way across. Yep. And not down like traditional, uh, like the flow of the traditional comic book format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were supposed to read, a, and then you're like, oh, so that kind of makes sense because. The conversation was kind of weird, but now it makes more sense if <laughs> yeah, I actually exactly. go back and read it. So you're supposed to read, like, across both pages, and, yeah, he... That's um, so weird in this thing. I, I, not to totally derail with Bendis nitpicks. He he did that a lot. Um, actually, in um, not a, not necessarily a book that I was going to talk about, but as another example, um, a more recent example, Superman number 6... Oh, okay. Um, at least the first, oh, man, like four to six pages were all, like, double-page spreads. He likes double-page spreads a lot. Yeah. And and this was, like, now, granted, these were, bit like, big fight scenes between Superman, yeah. um, Zod, and what's his name? Rogo, Rogozor or something. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, the, like the new big bad that he introduced. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're all like in the, like the Phantom Zone or something like that, and they're having this big fight between the three of them, and they're, yeah, they're just like all double page spreads, and there's these dialogue boxes all over the place, and it's kind of like, but there's not really a good flow of, of of, of like how to read them. Yeah. So it got a little frustrating, but um, especially, um, again, that's one of the, that I bought the digital copy of. So oh, I'm yeah. like, i got to turn my iPad sideways <laughs> and then try and read it. And That's that's always the worst with iP- with digital comics, with just when it's the spreads, because, yeah, and then everything's smaller. You have to you're juggling your iPad back and forth. Like. Yeah, and you're like, I mean, at least you can zoom in, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, any that's just Bendis. What are you gonna do? Oy yeah. vey. <laughs> um. So, anyways, like I said, I'm 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 on board for Young Justice. I don't know how how you guys are if if that first issue was enough to to keep you going or or what. Um. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to. I mean, I I kind of had to concede because of the way that the first issue was that you know it, it, it's gonna take a little bit longer for me to figure out if I actually want to keep getting it. So I usually give like those team books like the first issue to just you know do do what they do during the first issue of team books and then you know write it out a few issues and see like if the team gels together or not. But I mean I like what I see so far, so I'm on board. Cool. Excellent. Did, did you dig it, hun? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's uh, three thumbs up for Young Justice. Number one, um, what else? Um, uh, what else did you guys uh, read this week? Uh, well, I'll, I'll bring up. Uh, we read uh, Captain Marvel recently. Okay. Um, which is a, uh, I kind of bailed on Captain Marvel for a while because it was uh, just wasn't doing it for me. Like they they made her the, the leader of Alpha Flight in space for a while. Oh yeah, I remember that. Which is. Weird, like I didn't dislike it, but it was just sort of weird. And then, then Civil War happened, and she got wrapped up in that nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
I think something else happened during Secret Empire. I, I, she 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 was just constantly getting derailed from having a, a solo book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, just recently they did the the Secret Life of Captain Marvel or the Life and Times of Captain Marvel or something. It was oh, like okay. A four issue miniseries uh, where they changed her whole continuity. <laughs> okay. Which I don't. I didn't read it, but I read the blurb and I got the gist of it. Um, apparently, she is half Cree because her mother's a Cree. Like she was just born Cree. Okay. There's no. Uh, I, I I think it, it slightly changed up how she got her powers, kind of as if like she had always had them, despite you know as opposed to getting them from like Marvel. Yeah. It sounded like because um, I literally. Just yeah. read it. It sounded like yes, she's half Cree, but her powers were activated with some Cree something or other. The, yeah, like it, so she didn't have powers like, always. Like they were like dormant, like a, being a yeah. mutant or something. Like yeah. they activated through Cree technology, which might be them changing the continuity to fit the movie. I mean, obviously mm. we don't know yet. Right. Um, so that was a little weird. Uh, but the the issue seemed mostly like uh, she was getting back to basics mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and sort of um, just getting back to everything after Secret Empire and all that stuff. There, what was the there's the hang up that she had to do damage control? Why was was that because of Secret Empire? Or did they say or no? Because she'd just been out in space. Yeah, she had just been out in space. She's just been out in space for so long that um, nobody on Earth really knows what she's doing. And okay. so she kind of had to, like, uh, Tony starts trying to set her up with, like, press agents and stuff and, like, to, I don't know. what. what Basically, uh, people need to see what she's doing. So they're going to show a bunch of pictures of what she's doing so that people will feel better about her being around now. Yeah, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. It's like, eh, I don't really trust you anymore. You could be like a scroll for all we know now. Like, you were up in space for a while, like a couple years. Um, well, so, which is um, really odd because she's been on the Avengers since issue one. Like, yeah. Like the new um, Jason Aaron written Avengers. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it, well, let's just ignore everything. Yeah, basically. I mean, it, it, it's a good um, solo issue. It's it's Kelly Thompson writing it. Um, the co- I mean, the comedy was on point. It's a really fun issue. She's hanging out with Jessica Drew, beating up uh, what the sea monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fighting sea monsters. Um, kind of being like trying to be like a New York down street level ish hero with her cosmic powers, I guess. Or not street level because she's fighting sea monsters, but. You know, more present in New York and helping out. Um, then uh, Tony Stark saddles her with a uh, an apprentice uh, who she's trying to train. Um, who uh, did you read Avengers Academy? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I did. I really liked it. Yeah. So um, she is helping uh, Hazmat out with her powers because oh, they're uh, okay getting a little out of control. Um, nice, nice callback to uh, yeah, Avengers exactly. Academy. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a, that was an amazing totally series. Yeah, it was great series. But yeah, so uh, yeah, she she went to Tony Stark to help you know try to find figure out like tech to like help her from you know leaking radiation everywhere basically from her suit, um, just because her powers are getting stronger. And Carol's kind of had experiences like binary and all that stuff with out of control powers, so Tony Stark trying to you know set them up to 
to be a uh, you know sidekick and uh, teacher, but uh, Hazmat's not having any of it, and she's just kind of like a sassy teen. <laughs> so there's some fun to it, and the the issue kind of ends, um, in this. It's not even a spoiler because the covers have been spoiling spoiling it for a while, but uh, I guess the next issue they, they kind of got shifted into a post-apocalyptic Mad Max dimension, or or times. Or maybe an alternate future. Who knows? One or the other. <laughs> so it looks like it's going to be a lot of uh, Captain Marvel in the post-apocalypse type setting, which I, I'm all for. It seems like fun. Uh, it it kind of does, yeah. reunited with Rhodey. Yeah, oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, her and Rhodey got back together because Rhodey stopped being dead. I was going to say, wait, Rhodey's alive? Yeah. Um, I thought he got killed in, like, Civil War Two. He he did. He got back. <laughs> Um, I did. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I don't. <laughs> nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. In Iron Man, I didn't. I didn't fully pick up on where where this happened. This might have been in Bendis's um, Iron Man, or or Superior Doom, or one of the Bendis books. But uh, I guess uh, they happen to have um, Rhodey's brain just backed up, <laughs> like on a hard drive. Yeah. Okay. Something. That, that, that makes sense. And I think they also backed up Tony's brain because I think they both have like, like their their brains are in life model decoys or or bio clone things. I don't know. There, there's some you know some comic booky excuse of how they're back alive. <laughs> comic through, book science. Through, yeah, through comic book science. Um, but yeah, so they hooked back up, which is nice. Uh, he writes a really good, or or she writes a really good uh, roadie. Mm-hmm. Um. He's very much he has a, he has a personality. He's not just you know Tony Stark's military buddy, yeah. which is refreshing. Um, but yeah, it, it was a good issue overall. I mean, I, I I like most of Kelly Thompson's writing. I I haven't really been disappointed by any of her uh, Marvel things. Okay. So speaking of Kelly Thompson, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I have to say I. I was, uh, I was very, uh, I was really anticipating the the new uh, installation of the uh, Jessica Jones digital original yeah. uh, series that came out, and uh, because they they ended the last one on on a cliffhanger, <laughs> yeah they did with uh, with uh, Jessica and Luke's daughter Danielle showing up to be completely purple, a la the Purple Man. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading this. Um, it was issues one and two of the digital original through Comicsology, and I kind of re- the the cliffhanger, like the excitement of the cliffhanger, for me, uh, wore off kind of quickly. Okay. Because then I realized we're just being subjected to another Jessica slash Purple Man story. Mm-hmm. Or like, or you know, it's like, oh, it's the purple man mind fucking Jessica again. Yeah. And the fact that they, they, it was already done really well originally in the comics and like an alias and yeah. on the show. Yeah. On the and, Netflix show. Yep. And they, and, and it's like, they're even taking elements from the show and putting them in the comic. And it's like the sh- <laughs> Elements from the show that was based on the comics. That's now they're putting it back in the comics. Yeah. Like the like the, the, the like the Purple Man support group. Yeah. But, um, I'm like, wait a second. They did that in the show. 
And I just, I don't really, I don't really want to go through this again. I get you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, and I'm really torn because I was, I was so just head over heels for that first story that she did. And I, and the, I love the art. It's the same artist. Mm-hmm. And, and the artist is even more amazing than the first time around. Um, I mean, it, it just, it just really is just, the art's just amazing. Um, but the whole, but I, I just, I, I feel like the, the whole Purple Man thing is going to be like. played out. Yeah, exactly. No, I could feel that, especially with the Netflix show. Like, it, you know, it really wasn't that long ago that we, we went down this path and then to, right. to throw back to it. It's, it's, I mean, it's, um, there's always, it's like Batgirl and the killing joke, right? Like it always comes up in like a Batgirl book and you're like, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. Exactly. There's other stories. Um, or it, 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 there was one part that bothered me, um, where Luke and Jessica were, I mean, they're like both devastated. It's uh, to see that their daughter, oh yeah, is purple. That she could be somehow p- under the influence of the purple man, or possibly even uh, the daughter of the purple man. And it was like Luke was giving off the like he was basically saying, "Well, no matter what happens, you know, she'll always be yours." But that's not really the same same for me. Like basically saying, oh, if we find out that Purple Man <laughs> is her biological father, um, yeah. then it, everything with us is going to change. Like as far as like, you know. Wow. So I'm not her, just being a dick. Yeah. Well, it, it was like he was being real, feeling real sorry for himself, saying like, like he would feel less like Danielle's father if it turned out that Purple Man was the birth yeah. father. Way to make Jessica's trauma all about him. <laughs> I, I I wonder if they'll do a character arc on that because that seems off brand. That seems really off brand. Maybe maybe that might be like a learning moment for for Luke or something where they're like, yeah, well, he, he kind of comes around and he's like, no, I was kind of being a dick. I like mean, by the time that arc concludes, maybe. Yeah, I mean he's he's never one. That character is never one to feel sorry for himself or to be like. Oh, you know, like, oh, woe is me. Or, yeah. like, he knows that he's he's that girl's father. Yeah. No matter what happens. I mean, you know, the, they've done enough stories with him and Jessica and Danielle that no one would possibly believe that he would think any that, that he is any less of that girl's father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was kind of like, like, that's just kind of like bullshit. Just yeah, yeah. I, I certainly hope that there there's a plan for that as opposed to just doing it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure. I I I did like a couple of things. Um, uh, well, like I said, the I, uh, the art again always amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I liked. Uh, uh, was it Carol that showed up? Uh, to like, kind of console Jessica. Uh, yeah. She, she was wearing like a Dazzler T-shirt. Oh, the Dazzler T-shirt thing. Yeah. And yeah. Jessica's like, everyone's a Dazzler fan. Yep. <laughs> um, and I, I like that they um, they brought in uh, Kara Kilgrave. 
the the purple girl, who was like oh, one of the purple right. man's like her, yeah. like one of his original kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I remember her way back from like, she made her first appearance in like Alpha Flight like forty six or something like that. It was wow, it, okay. yeah, it, it was like one of the first comics I ever bought at mm-hmm. like a drugstore or something. Um, and I totally forgot about that character. Like I knew she was in alpha flight for a while. Um, but, um, I thought it was cool that they brought her in and it looks like, no, I never read this story, but the purple children from the, like that Mark Wade daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. Story. That was a messed up book. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like they're part of everything that's going on. Oh, that's interesting. So, I, yeah, I kind of like that about Kelly Thompson that that she pays attention to continuity at least, like mm-hmm. in that, not in like the the overdone kind of way, but like the oh, it's you know here's this random thing that happened that is relevant. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. it's like like if she's writing a Spider-Man story, she wouldn't bring up like sins of the past, but you know. If she was writing a Spider-Man story, she'd bring up something fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and and like I said, I think that, you know, you know, her bringing in Kara Kilgrave just shows that she – it's like she's invested in telling a good story. And, like, this is a character that not everyone's going to re- remember or even yeah. know about. But the people that do, the people that are in on it, this is like a little treat for them. Mm-hmm, for sure. And I'm like, oh, my God, Carrie Kilgrave, that's awesome. So, yeah. So um, I'm still going to keep reading this because, um, you know, again, I'm not going to say this is, like, the worst thing I've ever read. Yeah. Like I said, I was a little little put off by, the like, that we're going through another Purple Man story. But, yeah, um, I mean, that, I was going to say that support group idea, even though it was done in the, the show, I feel as if uh, it can be more comic booky at least. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's... He has better ties in the comic book universe than just the the Netflix show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it, it it was interesting at the the very last page, um, the purple children, uh, kind of, it's like they're um, giving uh, giving the their whoever's in charge, kind of like. Oh, uh, so this is what's going on, and you didn't see the person. They're sitting in this like big chair uh, that covers like their face and their head and everything. But you see their hand on the arm of the chair, and it's just regular skin color, like skin tone. Yeah, it's not purple. So you're like, okay, so it's not the purple man, but it hmm. is someone who might have a connection to him. I I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it's enough for me to keep going. <laughs> so they do they do two issues at, at once, or are they like weekly? Um, no, they yeah. For some reason, they do two. Like basically, you're getting like a double size. Like you're getting okay. two issues at once uh, for for the price of it's. I think it's it, maybe it's four ninety nine, but again, you're getting you're you're getting issues one and two. Yeah, I I was just because I noticed that they were like knocking those trades out really fast. I was like, wait, didn't this just come out? And then it's like within two months or something, there's a trade paperback. 
Yeah, because I remember, I think when I first brought it up uh, last year, you were like, oh, yeah, I already pre-ordered the trade. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just read number one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they where they go with this. Hopefully, it's just not a whole uh, rehash of previous you know Purple Man stories, or you know she gives us something different. I mean, she clearly has yeah. the ability to tell good, engaging, thoughtful stories. Mm-hmm. So. You know, hopefully that's what we get. Yeah, I, because yeah, I mean, I love that that first uh, trade paperback, like that first arc and everything. That was perfect. Um, actually, I don't remember if I mentioned this to you, but or did I, maybe did I tell you on Twitter about how the the protag or the not the protagonist, but like the the victim of the first um, like story. Uh, the, the girl with like the the abusive boyfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. she was actually the six one six version of an alternate version character that she used in A Force, like which is part of like the Battle World Secret Wars. Oh, uh, yeah, she had, like an original character for that, and then she made her six one six version, just wow. like one of those cool things. I was yeah. like, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I did no idea about yeah. that. Yeah, I, I caught that on Twitter. Uh, I think somebody asked her about it and picked up on it. I certainly didn't. But, yeah, I was like, that's really cool. Just she's She definitely has that attention to detail where I think I think it's going to be a good Purple Man story and hopefully mm-hmm. not retread at all the ground. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, just, you know, from, you know, that little nugget that, that you mentioned, I mean, it's clear that she she's good at and enjoys – laying these Easter eggs for, for the readers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, so it, it gives me a little bit more hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else did we read? We read, uh, we read, did you read the invaders? Uh, I did. Okay. Yeah, we read that as well. Or I did. I read. Kate didn't. I was gonna say, what did I read? Yeah, no, <laughs> this does not you, sound familiar. You, you can just make something up. <laughs> you, <laughs> Good book. Great. Two stars. <laughs> Two stars out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I I picked it up for um, be, um, for a couple reasons. I I kind of always like. I, I never read a lot of. The invaders, like the original, but I, I like the concept of this team of World War II heroes. Yeah, uh, for the same reason I, I like the JSA. Um, that the whole like, I mean, obviously it was an, an awful period of time, but the, the way it's kind of romanticized, it it you know it's it's kind of fun, you know, World yeah, War II no, stories. Sure. Um, I was interested to see how Chip Zdarsky, who's normally a writes humor. Mm-hmm. was going to tackle The Invaders, uh, which is pretty much not a humor book. No, and, um, not at all. And then uh, I saw um, Butch Geis listed as one of the artists. I'm like, okay, I, I love Butch Geis, so I'm going to see. And he's doing the, you know, he's he's been around for, God, 30, 40 years doing okay, comics. yeah, yeah. 
and um and I mean I you know he was he was big when I started reading in the in the mid eighties. Um so uh you know knowing that he's still around and he what but what he's doing is the um like the flashback. He's doing okay, like the World yeah. War Two yeah, I like the flashbacks. And then uh, they've got, I think uh, his name's Carlos Ma- um, Magno, or I forget his I, name. I think I have the book on in front of me right now, but yeah. And he's really good. I, I, I read him um, years ago. He did some work on uh, Boom's Planet of the Apes ongoing, and that was really good. Oh, all right, yeah. So with those three elements in place was enough for me to buy this book. Yeah. So, what did what did you think about it? Um, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's really slowly paced, and I, I'm familiar with all the characters because right around when I started reading comics, or not reading comics, but getting comics regularly, uh, was uh, I think it was like the Atlas Comics is like something at the anniversary, so they were just like knocking out all these like mo- like not reprints, but like anniversary issues for like. Mm. The Wizard and like Miss America oh, yeah. and yeah. like yeah Namor and all that stuff. Um, so I was yeah I was familiar with the Human Torch and the, and the Invaders and the original team and all that stuff and it it was it was neat it was it was almost nostalgic even though it you know it shouldn't be for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I liked what they were doing with with Namor's like sort of. Uh, he's always at war, or he's still at war, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting, and almost like he's got a little bit of. Uh, I mean, they didn't come out and say it, but to me, it felt like he's got maybe he's got some version of like PTSD or something. Yeah, like I, I definitely got that too. That that they were trying to do like a Namor PTSD story, and they they did some things that maybe I didn't pick up on the the importance of. Um, there was a twist, and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to understand the twist or just know that there's a twist. Um, without spoiling anything, I guess. But did you... I'm trying to remember the twist now. <laughs> there's a photograph that was implying something. Uh, let me let me take a look real quick. There's a, it's like the last couple of pages. Um, the Human Torch is interviewing uh, somebody that, that used oh. to be with them. He had like a photograph oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, but I wasn't really sure what it was a photograph. Of, like, who all was in that photograph beyond Namor, I guess. Um, well, they say who – well, so there's two two men in the photograph with Namor, and Namor is dressed in his, like, like his um, – what do they call it? His his amnesiac phase. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he looks like a like a longshoreman or something. He's wearing like a <laughs> yeah like a pea coat and a watch cap. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's standing with uh, two men. One of them actually looks kind of like Jack Kirby, but <laughs> it's it's not. But uh, yeah, the other one. Well, they they say who it is. Um. Maybe maybe it was the other person that I was trying to figure out the other person. I'm I'm blanking on all of it now, but yeah. I just remember it was. I was slightly confused by it, but I was like, okay, I guess I will find out next issue. <laughs> well, so so I, I I found that page and I blew it up a little bit, and the other person who they don't name 
is he's he's definitely wearing like an army jacket. Like it has okay. like, it has sergeant stripes on it. So maybe it's someone that Namor served with. Okay. Uh, that would, I mean that would make sense. But but the other guy is definitely yeah, that's kind of a kind of a big deal. Gotcha. Okay. You know, like Namor, you know, he's he's waging this private war and you know, Captain America, he's, you know, he basically says, like, look, we have to go after him, like, because if the Avengers go after him, it's just going to turn into, you know, fists flying, and, like, we have to go after him because, like, we know what he's been through. Yeah. And I thought that was really kind of, I was like, oh, that's kind of insightful. That's, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the Avengers, you know. They weren't, you know, out there on the the theater of war. Right. Yeah. I mean, and this one, I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, it shows like some flashbacks to, you know, battles and like Namor. Like, I mean, he was with like American soldiers as they're like dying. Yeah. You know, it's kind of kind of like real heavy stuff. Mm hmm. And um uh, you know, uh, like I said, uh, kind of kudos to Chip Zdarsky for, uh, you know, really kind of uh, wowing me and telling a, a story that I, I was not expecting. He, You know what? He does that all the time. You would not expect it. Um, Sex criminals is heavy. Well, yeah. He, I mean, he just does the art for that. But he does but do some. Involved. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, yeah. It's To be fair, yeah. He basically writes it as well. Plus Jughead. Oh yeah, Jughead. Um, but no, I was thinking uh, Howard the Duck. Oh yeah. There was an issue of Howard the Duck where I was like, "Haha, I'm gonna read some fun Howard the Duck." <laughs> it was the biggest tearjerker I've read in like a while. Cry really? Off us. I did. I'm not saying he okay. did. I did. Yeah, wow. I, yeah. He, it, it was just a sad, tragic tale thing, and I was like, "I what?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and he did it again uh, with uh, the set, the twelfth issue of. Peter Parker Spider-Man, I think. Was that was that the twelfth issue? You don't remember? I don't remember. It, it was this like one-off issue that you could totally pick up and grab, but it was like this like long-form story of like all these people about talking about like what makes Spider-Man great and like why he's awesome, mixed in with like this other story that's being told alongside of it, and it's like he totally gets Spider-Man, and it's mm -hmm. it's also <laughs> a very like tearjerkery like. Wow, you get it. Like mm. that's amazing. Wow. Um, so yeah, don't discount Chip Zdarsky. I mean, he he is just a goofy, funny guy that made friends with the Applebee's Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's also a really good writer. <laughs> okay, well yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I, I I was reading uh, Sex Criminals pretty regularly, and then I dropped mm -hmm. off. But um, and I I really don't think I've read a lot from him. I think I. I did read the first issue of Howard the Duck, mm -hmm. and I was a little put off by it because it was like every every other panel was like a joke. Yeah, and it, it was. It just got to be hard to read. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a very gag heavy uh, book. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I, I know that turns. I, I know that does turn a lot of people off. Um, I know other people. Uh, Bezlo and Mongo from my my old podcast tried to read it and uh, I I don't remember if Mongo enjoyed it but I know Bezlo was like eh, it's not for me 
Mm-hmm. He's, he's very much like it's too goofy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does at some point like mellow out um, and do hit like some ser- sort of like a serious story along the way. But it's, I mean, it's still a very goofy book because it is Howard the Duck and you can't avoid that. <laughs> right. It's still Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's Spider-Man was much more like what you would just expect from a Spider-Man book. Okay. It's like the right amount of goofy. Mm-hmm. Our cats are just, you know, running around in the background. Don't mind us. <laughs> That's we have okay. some acrobats happening. Yeah, they're, they're chasing each other, apparently. <laughs> parkour. Yeah, basically. That is what is happening. Yeah. Cat parkour. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, he's he's a great writer. Uh, I've been trying to give him the, the benefit of the doubt more often on, on books. Okay. I mean, that Spider-Man one was a work of art in terms of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, I'll have to look for that. That sounds... That's, yeah. I like those the, those one-off issues that are just... I mean, for, for, from anyone that, like... Yeah. That are... Yeah, for sure. really kind of hit you when you don't expect it. Yeah, yeah. And they're great, too, when you just be like, here's a comic, read it. You don't need... You know, no strings attached. Just mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a one-off. It's great. Give it a shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, o- overall, back back to Invaders. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good book, and I uh, I'm, I think I'm gonna give it a you know stick with it a little longer and see see where it goes. No no name or pun intended. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, I'm gonna uh, you know these are characters that all you know that that I like. They all resonate with me, and and uh, you know just something about the Invaders. It's just I don't know, just fun. Yeah. Um, so and 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 I I like what they've been doing with with Namor recently, uh, and it, it started back, you know, like the pages of the of Jason Aaron's Avengers. Yeah, I saw that they mentioned Avengers in there. Like they were like, see why Namor's doing a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Avengers, like whatever. Yeah, they're actually doing that again. Like where, mm-hmm. you know, s- stories from other books are having ramifications. In other, you know, in, in in other titles. So I also want to mention this: uh, Namor's outfit. Who gave him the new costume? I don't know. I, I, that is, it's yeah. That that's the one thing I I it's, don't really get. It's it like I don't dislike it because I don't think Namor's particularly had great costumes. I mean, I've always known him most as like his, you know, in the Submariner speedo, and I'm like that yeah. guy's a dork. Um, yeah, in his trunks. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why he, they they're like giving him armor. He's got like seashell armor or something. I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. And then he's got leather pants underwater, which I I'm sure that's not helpful. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> speaking of underwater, this this just kind of made me made me laugh. So there's, um, you know the 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 book opens with. Um, you know, like a World War II flashback, and mm-hmm. then it cuts to, you know, after a few pages, it cuts to Namor in Atlantis underwater, and uh, he's being awoken in his chambers. He's got a blanket. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he's covered. He, like, he's underwater. I mean, it's that's why interesting. Does, like, why does he have, like, bed sheets and, <laughs> like, I mean... He's underwater. I mean, but how was there a beach and waves? 
in SpongeBob underwater. That's true. <laughs> I just I'm, I'm just I'm just wrapping my head around the idea of like like where does he get like a bed set? Yeah, does he, what, does he go to does he go to like Bed Bath and Beyond? Yeah, well that's the Beyond get, part, right? Get one of those <laughs> get get one of those like beds in a bag type of thing and is he, is he like Imperious Rex? I have a coupon. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah. he's he's got a full bed, like a blanket, a pillow, sheets, and like maybe it's all like seaweed and coral and yeah. I feel if, I feel as if uh, Namor would just sleep in like a giant like clamshell. Yeah, like, like a, yeah, exactly. Seaweed and like pearl pillows or something. <laughs> pufferfish. Yeah, yeah, pufferfish. No, yeah, yeah, you know no, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, just kind of. At least in the Aquaman film, they kind of established that there were, like, you know, air pockets that they hung out in sometimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I guess that's not the case for, for Namor. <laughs> no, he's definitely sleeping with a wet blanket, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, I, I, well, I, guess I, I guess he wouldn't notice because literally everything around him would be yeah, everything, he's underwater. Yeah, it's a normal blanket for him. Everything was just but, – but everything would also be floating – like, how does he tuck himself in? Does he tuck himself in and then, like, the blanket, like, floats up? Yeah, he's just – you know, he weighs it down with, like, you know, uh, like, crabs or something. Just yeah. He gets he gets lobsters to, like, use his – he uses their pinchers to, like, pinch the yeah. blanket against the mattress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, boy. bizarre Comic stuff. Books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just the fun we have with comics. Um, yeah, okay, so, yeah, Invaders, number one, um, definitely want to check out. Oh, also, he, you know, um, speaking of, wait, let's see, I'm trying to find the picture of it. He's got, uh, I'm looking at his, one picture of his costume, and he's got, like, his pants are actually, like, I think they're mesh on the sides. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. Like, why does he have? Why does he have mesh pants? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know if that's better than leather. Maybe mesh would make more sense than leather. Yeah, that might be it. I, on the covers, they kind of look leather, but yeah. Well, but it, but it's just like one part on the side, like on the thigh. Uh, it's not like an asymmetrical like mesh. Yeah, part. it's not like his entire pants are mesh. Like that. Yes, that would make sense. But it's like one part of it is mesh. Like he's. Like he's some goth kid wearing like a mesh. <laughs> I like, mean, he does look like a goth kid. Like like a mesh shirt or something or. Yeah. No, that's weird. Um. I don't know. It's it's a weird costume, but I mean, I I can't say it's his worst costume. Yeah, he's probably had worse. I I I'm hard pressed to think of one right now, but I'm I'm gonna look into it. Yeah. This one this one's pretty bad. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think like. I mean, I, I understand people want to try and update characters, but sometimes, you know, sometimes just the there's a you know the classic look is sometimes just the best. Yeah. Maybe that's why they went with leather, though, because remember when they updated Freddy, they gave him leather pants. Oh, yep. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Oh boy. Well. I think we could keep we could keep going on for like an hour about Namor's uh, closet. So yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, one thing that I, I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention it actually a couple of weeks ago, but we kept getting um, delayed in recording episodes, mostly me because I was sick for a couple of weeks. But um, so the Fantastic Four number five came out, and this was the big wedding issue between yeah. uh, the Thing and Alicia Masters. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this issue. Um, it's a really good issue. Yeah. I I forget what episode it was on, but we were talking about there's a there's a there's a good slot and bad slot. Yeah. And yep. this was definitely good Dan slot. Um, yeah, no, he definitely he he got it. Um I feel and it was I was surprised that the whole issue was good. Like I was waiting for like something like a tie in or like a backup or you mm-hmm. know because it was a big deal issue where I kind of figured, oh, well, they're going to sl- slip in the whatever. But no, like even the the callback things that they were doing were really good. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like not fill-in stories, but it was like three or four different stories within one, you know, um, overall story. Yeah, they were all stories that, that interco- not interconnected, but they all were related to the main story. I I just assumed that, Dan Slott wrote, like, the main wedding story, and then there's the flashback story by Mike Allred with mm-hmm. The Thing and uh, Sue Storm, yeah, or Sue Richards, and then and then the bachelor party story by Adam Hughes. I just assume that, like, either those, because both of those artists have written before, mm-hmm. so I thought maybe they wrote the stories, or maybe someone else wrote the stories, but I looked in the credits, and I'm pretty sure like Dan Slott wrote all of the stories mm-hmm. and he just had these different artists draw the stories. Um, the, uh, the flashback story by Mike Allred was like, that was just inspired. Like it was I, really good. Like after that, I'm like, I want a like retro FF book <laughs> drawn by Mike Allred, like right now. Yeah, no, that would have I mean, that would look awesome. And, um, and I thought the, the bachelor party, story was hilarious um, yeah and it, adam hughes i'm like oh my god i wish he was doing like more stuff i i liked how that issue connected with the uh the bachelorette party issue that they did which oh. was the, the wedding special issue okay i don't think i read that but i think i heard about it yeah i mean it's it's good it's it's literally basically that but from like the girls perspective and them them at the they, they kind of cut to it a few times where they you see them at the male strip club yeah and it's that with like other goofy hijinks but it it's the same you know ridiculous vibe um i love that they you know uh did the callback to the thing in poker and all that as well right yeah that was pretty cool um the only thing i i really thought was dumb that they made such a big deal out of throughout the entire issue mm-hmm. was Reed's gift. I thought that was dumb too. I mean, like I, I like I, I get it, like, but I feel as if they threw Reed under the bus a lot, and the yeah. payoff was like not that great. I mean, like it is in like the grand scheme of like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's very thoughtful, but like the the actual payoff for like a reader, like, eh. Yeah. So. Sure. So so if you um. So basically, there you know, if you if you didn't get a chance to read this, there this whole issue leads up to you know it's the planning of the the wedding between uh, Ben and Alicia, and uh, Reed's the best man, 
Mm-hmm. And he is, you know, he, they're trying to get him involved in everything, and he's like, I'm, I'm, look, I'm terribly busy. Um, I can't be bothered. You know, I'll be there for the wedding, but, you know, I can't be bothered with any of this. And, you know, he, so we're, we know he's working on a gift for, for Ben, and we don't know what it is until it's the actual, during the actual ceremony, um, they get a emergency call that, what, like, Galactus shows up in yeah. Varia or something. Yeah, something and, ridiculous is happening. Yeah. And Reed's like, well, Ben, here's a good time for me to give you my gift. I, I created a like a time bubble that will stop all time everywhere for four minutes so you guys can get married. Yeah. And so you can have your perfect moment. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> how hard, like, they could still do the exact same thing and not rush through it and still do what you have to do. Like, you still go off and save the world. Yeah. I just, I, was, I just, I was like, what? Yeah, it's a yeah, little... Like, that was it. So, I I thought this issue was building up to something else. It might be my lack of Fantastic Four knowledge, um, but there's a lot of stuff that was being implied between Sue and Ben, where I was like, "Am I supposed to be picking up that there's like this unrequited love thing going on here?" Oh, so there there was something, um, yeah that they. It was in that that Mike Allred story. Yeah, they tied it back to Fantastic Four number one. Um, I forget what it was now, but it, it was like something in the new story tied back to the old story, and basically implied that Sue was the reason why Ben like got mad and said, "You know, I'm definitely going to fly this rocket." You know, I'm yeah, no yeah. I'm no coward, and and which uh, you know leads to him becoming the thing and his life of misery and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I, I thought was kind of interesting that they they found a way to tie in a current that current story to like the original. You know, that was pretty yeah. cool. Well, yeah, I mean, and I I mean even the um, like they went on that date because because Reed was busy. Which mm-hmm. is the, the overall theme of the, the book, um, and so you know that was going on, and there's kind of some chemistry between them. Um, it's it felt like Ben had feelings for her, and she had feelings with for him, but they didn't they weren't going to do anything because you know of Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously all the stuff with the thing happens, but then later on in the uh, the blind date issue, uh, no pun intended again. Uh, <laughs> when they were trying to set the thing up with, with Alicia and then it finally hits off, like Ben tells Sue something like, uh, like something like I, Alicia's not you Sue or, or something. Yeah. And then, like, she's crying at the end of it. Like, I'm like, are, are you happy that he like moved on from you? Are you sad because you're not with him? Like, I don't know. I was getting weird vibes. It was, I was waiting for like a shoe to drop somewhere to be like, you know, yeah. the, the fantastic family's getting torn apart by this torrid love affair. No, I, yeah, the that was the well, the, the first thing you said was the impression I got that she was happy for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I think they always had a complicated relationship. Um, 
but yeah, I, th- I I'm I'm pretty sure she was those she was crying like tears of joy. Okay. But, I, I mean, I had a feeling for that part, but like, yeah, I was just like, I don't know if there's continuity because my Fantastic Four knowledge begins and ends with like the plot of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I know the gist with the the stuff, but I've never read any of the old Fantastic Four things. Um, and the entire time I've been reading comics, they've sort of not really had a book. Um, they had the the Future Foundation and some of that Hickman stuff, but that was very impenetrable so yeah that was that was tough to read i read yeah i I, like my i had very little experience with the the first family Mm -hmm. so i was making sure i wasn't like out of the loop on reading too much into it or something yeah exactly no i think um no i think yeah i i i think you're on the kind of yeah you're on the right track there you're you're doing good kid (laughs) (laughs) so um we've been geez we've been pretty marvel heavy this entire episode um yeah i'm just gonna talk about young justice it's okay yeah well i was just gonna (laughs) mention real quick i i i read i'm still reading green lantern um yes i read green lantern number three and um it's still a fun book it's like it's way more fun than i thought it would be it's like silver age craziness in 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 like the modern day. Yeah, well, I I loved everything about this like the God issue where, where like they they find out what's going on and like all the the Earthlings don't want Green Lantern to rescue them. Like that was just hilarious. Yeah, I was like, that's very exactly probably what would happen. Like, oh, I mean the the allegories between that story and like are basically our current like the current. Yes. Yeah. Socio-political climate is just like, oh, yep, that's dead on. We are <laughs> yeah. we are a bunch of idiots yep. that will sacrifice our children's futures for some fun now. Yeah. So, spot on, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> and I've liked all the the police procedural stuff. Like, I, yeah, I like how that's bleeding in there. Like the the sting operation when they were waiting for like the money to exchange hands for the selling of the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Was awesome and also totally just goofy, and I yeah, loved it. <laughs> exactly, it's like they're they're really they're they're like on paper this should this book should not work. It's like this m- merging of like trippy sci-fi storytelling and police like pers- Law and Order. Yeah, yeah, police per- like yeah, it's like Law and Order in space. <laughs> like it, it should not be working, but it's working. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the twist at the end of the issue was also surprising. I don't know what they're going to do, but that caught me off guard. Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. So that it kind of leaves leaves the reader wondering, like, if uh, if Hal is a uh, potentially like is he a dirty cop, mm-hmm. or uh, was you know is there something more going on? Um, but yeah, I'm still like I'm I'm still all in. On the, on this book, it's still a lot of fun, and it's it's great because it's like every issue is pretty much standalone. Like you don't have to yeah have been reading Green Lantern for the past twenty years to enjoy it. It's just you know Hal Jordan being a space cop, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I that that first issue I think set it up strangely because it was very sci-fi heavy and, and Morrisony, and then it mm-hmm. kind of mellowed out 
with these next couple issues. So I'm not kind of hoping it stays at this, you know, level of Morrison and doesn't revert back to like, you know, radioactive Green Lantern ray rings, (laughs) X-ray lanterns or anything, you know, too out there. Now, um, now, real quick, just to, I, I think that we, I, I want to talk about this and maybe we can start wrapping it up unless you yeah, guys sure. have anything else. But, um, so I, I read, uh, another kind of trippy sci-fi DC book and it was, um, that I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about, um, and leaning towards like jumping off is Martian Manhunter number two. Oh yeah. I don't know if you, if you read that. I, I did. Re- I read the second one. Um, Kate just read the first one so far. Because I talked about the first one on the show. With the, okay. Uh, the, I thought the amorphous orgy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the, the Martian sex. Yes. Um, um, the the scenes on his home planet, I find very hard to to read because they're they're, they're, they're yeah. using so much like I feel like I read it I, and I I need to have like a glossary of terms mm-hmm. right next to me because I just don't they're they're using too much. Like when a book does this, it really turns me off when, when they use too much sci like they of their made yeah, up well, language. Yeah, it's babble. Yeah. Yeah. It it really is not good. Like when they do that, because it really, it it, it I kind of as a reader, I kind of shut down. Yeah. And I'm and I'm reading less and just start looking at the art more and looking for more like context clues within the art to tell me what's going on. Yeah. And. I mean, it's- yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if I if I dislike that, but I, I like I, I could totally see it as off putting. Like, I'm like, okay, this is like a puzzle I'm solving, or I'm not really reading this. I'm I'm experiencing it, or you know, something yeah. hippie like that. You know, yeah. Where it's like, okay, like I dig that, I guess, because you're all, you are on an alien world, and it's supposed to feel strange and off putting, but yeah. You don't no, want to do that too much, right? <laughs> and, and 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 the art, the art is perfect for the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love Riley Rosmo, but at the same time, it's the the art is also not helping me because everything <laughs> no. No, is like this weird. Yeah, everything is just like a blob. Yeah, and change and and shifting and changing and now the, like the scenes were there on Earth. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he, they're trying to get out of the out of the burning car, and he's like all jacked up, and yeah, that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and while you know he's trying to explain himself to his partner on his police partner, and like that stuff, I thought was really good. Yeah, it's the the scenes on Mars that really I'm having trouble navigating. Mm-hmm. I, I the the one thing like I don't remember too much about the stuff on Mars um, in that particular issue beyond like the. The museum trip. Um, I can't mm-hmm. remember if there's anything else beyond that. I thought that was interesting, like them trying to explore like, um, like Martian identity, because when you're born, you're just you're nothing. You don't have a shape. You're just a green blob. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, you decide how you want to shape yourself based on what you want to be or who you want to be or something. Like it, it was, it was interesting. Like I was like, okay. It's like shapeshifter culture, you know. Like it, it was, an, it's just weird to see like a, like a rite of passage kind of like, from a made-up mm. culture, I guess. Yeah. It, it felt like he put a lot of thought into like. 
of oh, yeah, that they're, society. They're like they're they're definitely the the world building. I I definitely give like a standing ovation to because they're really going above and beyond um, for what I would expect from a book, you know, a Martian Manhunter book. Yeah. Um, I think this is the most uh, the 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 deepest look we've ever gotten at John's world in any you know yeah. any story or I mean, any I, any modern story. I I I mean my experience with him is mostly through. Uh, television, but TV is never like they're like, and eh, whatever. He's from Mars. Yeah, yeah. They don't really like go. There's no deep dives into uh, John's background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So for, from from that perspective, I mean, they're doing an, an amazing job. But I, I I just wish the language was a little easier to follow. Yeah. No, I I got you for sure. Like I know, I think it was it might have been the first issue when they were like asking for the. Like, I don't even remember what any of it was, but I remember he was, like, trying to get the thing off the guy, and, that, like, that's the most you can get from it. You're like, he's trying to get a thing, and it's important because it's information, but it's about, like, uh, something, like, yeah, basically how I'm explaining it is how your brain's, like, processing it. Is You're not quite sure exactly what is happening beyond, or, or the specifics of what's happening beyond what is happening. It's kind of confusing in that way mm-hmm. where you're just like well the this is the MacGuffin and this is the protagonist and this is the antagonist and I'm not really sure what's going on exactly but you kind of get, get like the the literature idea of like what is happening I guess is what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh it's weird yeah <laughs> That's that. That pretty much that, that we'll, sums we'll it up. It, like, we'll simple it. Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> um, I, okay. I don't know if you if you felt that way when you read it, hon. Yeah, definitely. I liked it. It was yeah. weird. That's yeah. a really good uh, way to yeah. end that. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, compelling but weird. Yes. So if 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 you know DC wants to use that as a poll quote, <laughs> you know, they're more than welcome to. Yes, and it, it is written by Steve Orlando. <laughs> yes, not, not Tom, Tom King. King. <laughs> Steve Orlando and Riley Rossmo. <laughs> that should be maybe that should be the poll quote. This book was written by by Steve Orlando <laughs> and Link Comic Book Pit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that's about all I have. I don't know if you guys have anything else. Um, I don't. don't think we do. Was there anything else that you could think of? I mean, we started watching The Punisher, but we can save that. Yeah, when we'll save that for the, the. Oh yeah, yeah. I have not started. Episode. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched that yet. My 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 brother's been on my back to to start watching it, so I'm gonna have to get on that. It's a it's a busy month. Um, so much came out. A lot of things came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus movies. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm behind on everything, so I gotta. This is a good, yeah, good time to catch up before our our next uh, media episode. Sure. All right. Well, I guess we can, um, yeah, we'll start closing this one up. So, uh, as always, you can find Comic Book Pit on uh, iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and just about any other podcatcher, I think, at this point. Uh, We're on the social media. Just uh, look for 
comic book pit. That's pit with two T's because we're from Pittsburgh. And uh, you can email us at comicbookpit at gmail.com or leave a comment on any of our social media sites. And uh, that would be cool. Let us know what you think. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So this has been episode 301 of the Comic Book Pit podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Link. And I'm Kate. And we'll see you next time.